Hi, everyone. Hi, Chuck. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're going to dive into the commercialization of autonomous technology and trucking in our logistics ecosystem. And I think you are the perfect person for us to get a good overview of where we are today and where we need to start moving in the future. And I think the first place I want to start is where we're at today and this inflection point of is this technology close to being commercialized on a larger scale? And uh, have we have we hit that inflection point where companies really need to start considering where exactly they're going to be a part of this autonomous uh, era? Yeah, yeah. Um, and thanks for having me. And uh, it's a great question. Um, we have reached an inflection point, I believe. Uh, I think it's safe to say the science is done. We are now at a point where we're engineering to a commercial a commercial solution, and within let's say three years, uh, we believe we'll start seeing scale. Um, there are a number of of great companies that are that are working on the problem, um, and the 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 marker of where we are is. Uh, they're now engaging with OEMs to commercialize. So OEMs have started production programs. Yeah. These programs typically take three years uh, to come to come to market. Yeah. So that's a good that's a good signal for those who are uh, in the ecosystem and need to start thinking about how we're going to use this technology. I love that. I think that there's a lot of people that you know, question exactly when this is going to come into play. How many years out are we from seeing um, more autonomous trucks on the road, this being pushed into different companies' overall portfolio or, or services? For you, who do you feel are, are leaders in the space today? People should be looking at as uh, guidance of how they're uh, adapting this into their own uh, operations. And what about their execution has made them those leaders today? Yeah. So uh, there are a number of technology companies uh, that are uh, working on on the tech now, uh, and they've each in their own way made some great progress. Uh, two of the companies are here, Plus and Torque, uh, and you can you can see them at their at their booths. Mm -hmm. um, there are others, uh, Too Simple, Aurora, Waymo, uh, Embark, Kodiak. Um, I could I could keep going. There there are a number of them. the The industry is at a point, as I said, where we're commercializing. The economy is turning some, um, and so that is going to have that's going to give headwinds to some of these companies. The good news is technology survives uh, economic uh, headwinds, yeah. uh, and even if some of these companies. Uh, find themselves having to consolidate or change or extend uh, or even in some cases, uh, unfortunately, go out of business, the technology will survive. Yeah. And it, it, it is now ingrained sufficiently in the ecosystem that we're going to see something come out three to five years. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And uh, when you say it is starting to be engraved in that ecosystem, could you elaborate a little bit into that and yeah. um, particular uh, OEMs and other others are part of, of the transportation space as well? Yeah. So OEMs are actively building the 
the vehicle, the base vehicle systems, the redundant chassis, these sorts of things uh, that are required to make this uh, a reality in production. Uh, and they're they're engineering their factories to to build these vehicles at scale. This is happening now. Uh, the other part of this, though, you can't just produce a bunch of vehicles and expect this to all work. Uh, there are other players in the space. The the truck stops, the service providers, the insurance companies all have have a role, uh, and the carriers themselves and the shippers that have warehouses have to play a role in planning for this introduction. If this is going to scale, we all need to be ready. And yeah. that's that's really the point of, of this conversation is yeah. to, uh, uh, you know, to alert the rest of the ecosystem that yeah. it's it's time to start planning. I love the other players that you talk about, uh, insurance companies, you talked about truck stops and, and OEMs. Can you, I guess, elaborate a little bit on how they should be looking at uh, adding or considering autonomous technology uh, in their future goals and yeah. areas and services that they provide. Yeah. So an example I like to use is truck stops. Um, I mentioned them before. Uh, but a truck stop doesn't just make money selling fuel. They actually make money from the driver getting out of the cab, walking in, buying uh, food and supplies, um, taking showers, whatever, yeah. whatever else they might yeah. do. Uh, uh, they, they make a, a good profit on that. But when an autonomous vehicle rolls in, there is no driver to step out and, and work with them. Uh, so th they need to reconsider their business models around this technology. There are ways to make money with autonomous vehicles, um, but it's more of a throughput game with with autonomous vehicles than with the drivers who you might want to stick around for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, there are also questions of safety. So uh, the physical plant that, you know, the physical footprint of their uh, facilities may need to be adjusted to provide, for example, an autonomous lane uh, to, to handle that traffic uh, from a throughput and a safety perspective, separating the humans from the robotic uh, vehicles. The same sort of uh, planning has to be done in warehouse facilities. How do you assure that your your dock workers uh, and and yard folks are safe around these these robotic vehicles? Yeah. Um, there may be changes to your to your parking facilities. So these things need to be considered now. And there are uh, there are ways to start working on. Uh, you know, making sure that it's designed well, that it's safe, uh, but that needs to be budgeted and needs to be planned. And so while we're perhaps three years out, you now have a chance to start putting that in your, your budgets. Yeah, it's a, we already have the issue of truck parking, right? So That's right. we got to double down on that now for a whole different situation. That's right. And it's, it's an issue for regulators. Uh, and for the, the state DOTs, parking is a really interesting uh, challenge because... Uh, consider Texas. Yeah. Uh, storms come uh, regularly through, you know, during uh, tornado season, and truckers don't want to drive through the middle of a of a tornado. Yeah. Um. Uh. So what you'll see with a human driven truck is they may they may go way off the highway to some other destination that's safe until they can they can make passage. 
An autonomous vehicle doesn't have that flexibility. They are dedicated to a route and perhaps some frontage roads. But typically in a major weather event, um, they may need to pull over. So questions I've given to regulators is, do you want them to pull over into a safe parking space or do you want them to stop in lane? Because if there's no parking, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. So parking is a significant issue for safety with autonomous vehicles for the regulators to, to consider. So a lot of s- small details. I think yeah. we, uh, we think about, of course, just the technology itself, the safety behind it. But uh, there's a, l- a lot of people that will need to get involved in order to make sure that those fleets that are investing in it, that it's sustainable and, and worth that investment over time. I, is there any as leaders outside of fleets uh, that you feel like are, uh, could help support a lot of those changes being made, whether it's insurance companies or um, uh, truck stops? I know pilots made interesting investments mm-hmm. in autonomy as well. Yeah. Anyone that you can think of? That- well, uh, I think uh, the state DOTs uh, in particular yeah. uh, are engaging and need to engage. And I think what we'll see over the coming year is the, uh, I'm not going to pre-announce some things that I do happen to know about that are cooking, but I'm going to leave <laughs> leave it to them to do that. But there, we we will see the emergence of some uh, uh, interstate coalitions uh, of of government and private uh, sector uh, uh, entities, interest interest groups, uh, to try to normalize the uh, regulations, uh, you know, uh, along yeah. freight corridors, because th- the worst thing that can happen is you have one state with a certain set of regulations for autonomy, and then you get to the border and <laughs> the rules change and they have to stop and they have to fix things. Yeah. So we want to have smooth flow of, of uh, goods uh, across the states. And this is a state by state issue. So, um, so we'll see the emergence of, of, of these things, stay tuned. There will be some announcements, um, and uh, that that should should help. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, uh, especially we look at infrastructure bills, right? And a lot of the work that just needs to be done on uh, the public side of things as well. Um, looking at other areas outside of even regulation, maybe insurance companies. Um, uh, different areas along the routes that fleets normally take. Is there any other leaders that you can think of that are are considering how this will be commercialized over time and are taking the steps to hit what you said, that three to five year uh, timeline? Or or do you think that people really need to start accelerating those talks in order to even meet that? Yeah, certainly. Certainly it's now is the time to engage. Yeah. uh, insurance companies have been very active in understanding how this will change their business. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, e- even a year ago, insurance companies were, were telling us that uh, if the vehicle is operating with the autonomy engaged, they will lower the rates. Yeah. Uh, during that period when we were testing vehicles, they would lower the rates while the autonomy was engaged because they feel it. They already feel it's a safer uh, operation. Um, there is also the great advantage of having much higher fidelity data that these vehicles are producing. Uh, this helps the insurance companies understand 
their risk profile much better. So they have a, a better ability to to price it uh, given given the data that they that they receive. So they're already doing the work. Um, the fleets that operate vehicles um, have a variety of opinions about uh, retention of data. Um, and some feel that it's it's a concern if they get sued, the, the data gets used against them. Uh. Um, uh, but the data is is a powerful tool to also help them in those cases. Um, uh, and it will uh, result in reduction in costs uh, around insurance uh, yeah. and, and around litigation. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... I think we uh, right now right there's a lot of players we we just focus more on the fleets who are who are investing in it the type of technologies that they're they're choosing as well um, and there's a lot of small pieces I think you bring that three to five timeline up there's people that will push that 10 15 more years out yeah. uh, I guess to wrap this up with the knowledge that you have uh, why? Uh, uh, why would you push back against that? You know, against the ten uh, to fifteen uh, yeah. years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I believe we're going to see uh, early adopters uh, that will scale fairly, fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, it will be a regional growth. Um, I think most of the technology players are focusing on the the Sun Belt, uh, so mm -hmm. the I ten corridor, and then moving yeah. up uh, from there. Uh, so full scale, you know, uh, nationwide use could be could be 10 years, but the early adopters are going to have trucks on the road much sooner than that. Uh, and it will be in in pretty surprising numbers. Yeah. Uh, so so now is the time to start preparing. Uh, the Sunbelt area regions are the the areas to focus if you're a nationwide business. Um but it's it's time to start planning and start budgeting. Yeah. Well, I think it's incredible. And I think it's, uh, I, I love that you bring up the fact that state regulators are already considering it, right? Usually we tend to be moving a little bit faster than we see yeah. uh, the government moving. So uh, it's a wonderful outlook. And I, I appreciate you coming here today and sharing your expertise on this too. I think it's a, it's a nice debate that this industry is having. And it's, it's great to see that you're on the fast adoption side of it as well. Yeah, well, well, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to have the chat and yeah. to to start encouraging folks to to reach out. Uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, and and others in the in the space about how you might uh, start preparing your business for this because uh, it is a substantial change. Uh, it's a change for the positive. Uh, it enables. Uh, a large number of capabilities uh, yeah. that, that you don't have today. It's a supply chain. We all got to work together to figure it out. Right. So appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone, for attending this and uh, here, being here at the Future of Freight Festival. And thank you so much. Appreciate it, Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. <laughs>